0: Good afternoon, everyone. Super excited today to be here with my new friend, Jacob. Hi, yes, Jacob. Yes. Hey, How are David? you today? Oh,
1: Good. Today's a good day. Good.
0: Yeah. I love that he said today's a good day when I got here. Uh, Jacob and I have never met in person. This is the first time I messaged him on Facebook. I've been watching his story. He has an amazing story of hope, not just a hope of recovery, but he's also just went through a lot of surgeries and a cancer. So I'm excited to hear his story. For those of you that have not tuned in, this is Hope Helping Other People Evolve. My name is Tammy Lynn Connors. My mission and goal here is just to help other people get through their struggles to get to a strength. So how I do that is I like to interview people that have been through a struggle to get to a strength. There's so many stories out there and so many people feel they're so alone in their struggles. So it's nice to hear we don't like to hear of struggles, but it's so nice to hear of the hope that's with the struggles. So, like I said, I've never met Jacob in person. I watched his story. I watched his journey for I, probably about a year now, a year and a half. I've been kind of following you in. Yeah, cool. And so, when he gave me the address to where we were going to do this at, it's a rehab. Rehab. Yeah. yeah. It's a
1: outpatient facility, uh, but pretty much, yeah, we do all outpatient behavioral health services. It would be the we know what we're supposed to say. Yes. Okay. Perfect.
0: <laughs> hey, we, sometimes we got to stay compliant, right? To what we have yeah, to, what we're supposed yeah. to say. So, um, we'll edit if we're not <laughs> compliant, but I think we'll stay pretty compliant here. So when I got here, I had asked, I didn't even know how long you've been in recovery and you said 11 years. Yeah.
1: Going to 11, going on 11 years, years in November. Yeah. 11 years. So, uh, you know, I've had a lot of uh, troubles and tribulations. So going back from strengths, you know, I think in schools we always promote uh, the opposite of strengths. You know, we promote weaknesses. So it's like the kids are struggling. We got to get them up here to the average side. The kids are above. We kind of don't know what to do with them. And the kid, you know, so the kids get in trouble. So, you know, going back to one of my uh, weaknesses that started young, I think, was just uh, having dyslexia, you know, not being able to read in the schools. Uh, and I can see how it still affects me today, you know, like learning how to navigate, like not doing homework and, uh, you know, faking the fuck per se, because I didn't know how to read per se, uh, that, that well. So that was always one of my biggest, you know, struggling at school. You know, they would say I was failing. I would fail English and do well, like math or something. And then, uh, you know, they're just be like, you're failing. And, uh, you know, it, you know, it kind of hurts. You know, going to school right there, it's like, you know, kids are struggling with a lot of stuff that you don't mm-hmm. know, you know, or we know how to say or you know, all the parents and stuff, you know, it's like we want the teachers to fix everything, but it's kind of, it's unrealistic, you know? So that was, I think re- early on, you know, it's like, you know, learning what you're good at, what you're not good at. We don't, we don't promote a lot of that stuff, you know, right uh, at all.
0: So when you, when you were, when you say dyslexia, did your teachers finally figure that out or did you just, it just, they just said, no, he's not good in English.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Really. I, I bounced around from like, I had a I don't know, like behavioral schools and then I had different schools. I went to it that uh uh I think maybe fifth, fifth grade, sixth grade. Yeah. I think one teacher said that would be like, gave me a book and told me to read the page. Uh and I could I I like I read it. Well I'm so good I was so good at talking, like I have this mm-hmm. skill where I like i read it and just make the shit up, you know? And uh-huh. she'd be like, You didn't read it at all, you can't comprehend, head, you know. So that's that's kind of what started. But I was by that, you know, they say we you don't get kids at a certain age, you know, it's kind of rough because I was already getting suspended. Yeah, mainly be that, like suspensions, I'd find out, or you know, mainly like in detentions or something. So uh I can't really remember like the teacher mm-hmm. that helped me with that stuff. You know, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: But that's good that there are teachers out there that do help with those kind of things. Instead, sure. I see a lot of times, and this is just my my I a lot of times I have to say this, this is just my feelings on things. And um, you see a lot of people like They'll just dismiss it and push it off. And mm. then, you know, oh, they got ADD or they're disruptive and all this when there's really a root to the problem, usually. Yeah. And unfortunately, we don't always find that. And then, yeah. like you said, I mean, you were suspended at a young age then, apparently, at school, because you're young. I mean, you're 29.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm always, yeah. I'm always, I'm always like, uh, It's always weird. I'm always, like, running meetings, and I'm always having people tell me, like, I'm young and I don't understand what's going on, but I'm also, like, paying them. And I'm also, like, you know, so it's always really weird to me. Uh, But, yeah, at at very young – yeah, I don't think I – I think I got suspended every year, kindergarten up.
0: Oh, geez. Yeah, I
1: dropped out. I went to multiple high schools. Uh, Yeah, I was in the system at a young age. I think I went to jail at 11 for the first age. Yeah.
0: Oh, no. It says we lost connection.
1: Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Hopefully it'll
0: reconnect. We'll just keep talking. Yeah, we're be good. We'll be, be
1: fine, good. right? We'll find out. It'll be the worst day. But we'll look silly <laughs> we'll, now. Great. It's okay. It'll be great. great it'll now, be great. So. Right. It's your first edit. We screwed it up. It's yeah. okay.
0: It's good. No, I still see little things. So I'm yeah. hoping that we're still, it says we're still connected. Still so Yeah. So we're so, good. Oh, yeah.
1: We went to school, uh, I think in high school. It was kind of crazy. So I was just recently speaking at a high school. It wasn't their fault, but I remember being homeless, uh, Trying to go to the school, and I remember, like, uh you know, about addiction. This is like a really bad part of my addiction, too. So I kind of skipped some stuff, but uh, walking to the cafeteria, I'm just hopeless. And uh, I remember the te- like, I didn't want to cry, you know, but you know, you're, you're at that phase where like anybody pushes you by the cry, you're tearful. And uh, I remember, like, the teachers, it was like a you know, weather like this, I have uh. Hoodies out because I had track marks and stuff mm. or drugs. So I was just beat up and dirty, you know. Mm-hmm. And my mother teaches like I had to go home being suspended that day. Like I think that was like one of my last, one of my last days of school, you know, uh, if I can remember. So then I did a lot of time in the juvenile system. That I did time. Uh, the Adult system, so you know, stepping back, not, I'm not making a connection from dyslexia to you know, right, all the you know, prison stuff. You know, that I don't think that how it works, like you said, you know, people have uh, you know, they have like a solution for everything, but they don't sit down and say, okay, maybe this kid doesn't have ADHD, maybe he's just hungry, you know, right? You know? Or maybe you know, uh, you know, right now, a common thief I see in the field, which is good, is like a lot of kids with uh, autism. I don't know if I'm I don't know if it's like, I don't have like data. out do if it just coming right. to me or something like that, but it does seem like there's a lot of that uh, social social skills that can be rebuilt, mm-hmm. you know, versus like the one I one time. Like the moms might not know how, or they might be mentally ill too. We see a lot. So, yeah. you know, I think, uh, you know, it's like bigger than just a teacher or a student or a parent and stuff like that. But, you know, going through my addiction, I think, uh, yeah, so I started smoking at like 11. I think I was at Wallbridge Park smoked out like computer paper, seeds uh-huh. <laughs> and everything, you know, <laughs> and uh, maybe a foil bowl if I was lucky, I guess. And uh, uh, yeah, by like 12, 13, I was caught trafficking. I got caught with like four ounces of weed when I was like 13, wow. yeah, it just kind of went from there. Yeah. yeah. So I, was, I had a habit, uh, you know, I tried to do good but then i get out of the situation and then I would either sell drugs, I'd, uh, just get in trouble, you know. You know, I I would never go back and just be like, well, you know, the system had to save me or something. Because I was bad too, so I'm, I don't right. play that. But I was young, so a lot of people are caught off like by my story, uh, in the life I lived, you know, uh, to that. So, you know, school was not my favorite thing. I, I was good with people. Yeah, like, that's the only thing I was always good with, like the teachers. Uh, I always had teachers that would, someone would stick by my side or, you know, it was always in, like in school suspension or mm-hmm. something like that. But, uh, you, you know, I think it was really powerful, but the drugs always would be good. I could tell my cycle, like it wasn't just bad. It was like, I would be on probation. I try to get my life together. I would try to, like, I I try to go to school, like a new school and change clothes and fit in with the, uh, popular kids that weren't getting in trouble per se, if that makes sense. Like the uh-huh. good kids, it just never worked out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know, you know, and I try to, it's a real big thing here at my business, you know, making people like, uh, when they come in the door, we have patients, you know, come in the door, you know, they get a coffee or water, we have a, uh, you know, a room that they can bring their kids, you know, so it's, It's more welcome because people really welcome this population. Yes,
0: you're right. And so I can relate to that totally because when I was in school, it's the same thing. Like I am social butterfly, same thing. Like I love people. I love to talk, but I like to fit in everywhere I could. Mm. But I never fit in except for the group that was like me really like I would try yeah. to hang out with those popular people and all that. And I'd get shunned like, you know, and so I fit, well, I yeah. fit in with these people that smoke pot and drink. <laughs> yeah. I'm good. I'll fit right in here. And that's what would happen too. You know, I didn't change schools or anything. So I was blessed with that, but I can relate to what you're saying. And I love the fact that you say with, with this place here, you know, you're welcoming, you know, like you have four kids and you're welcome. It, it, it We don't discriminate who you are when you come in here mm-hmm. because we're all, um, just people out here in the world trying to make it right you know and if they're yeah. reaching for help, you definitely don't want to turn them around yeah there's because- a
1: there's a big uh uh like a pet people mine in the recovery community I would say is like uh one it's like they get like two months sober they think like you know they're king and uh <laughs> you know that's you know they, they you know they were they had it together so somebody calls up here we have a patient relapse they're like, well, they ain't serious. It's like, dude, you're yeah. telling everybody it took you 22 times. What the hell? Right. You know? So as long as they're engaging with us. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, they can't come here and I just pay for an eight ball for them or something. Right, right, You know, right, but, right. Uh, you know I, I never had that mentality. You know, a lot of people that work with me in the field would know I'm stern, you know, and stuff like that. But I'm also, uh, you know, non-judgmental in a sense, uh, you know, welcoming when people relapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, i yeah, I don't treat. I, I, I I'm proud of myself here. We answer the phone. We don't, you know, turn people away. We don't check them if they're serious uh-huh. or nothing like that. Because I've been in the field where they're in an IOP group and you know they get kicked out or something. They go die. Yeah, so it's like yeah. sh- you know short term, you know, win for long term loss. Right. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's 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 like to me, it's always dangerous. Uh, cause like you know, it's just like a kid. Like right. you know. Uh, they're five years old. They scream it at you. Yeah. You might win the battle, but later feel like a jackass, you know, yelling. So it's like, yes. sure. We put this attic in a place, you know, <laughs> you know, that. yeah. That, going back to that. Yeah. that school stuff. It's like uh, fitting in with people. Uh, it's like they probably try their hardest to even come back and then they don't fit the cool club of sobriety right. and shit, you know, cause.
0: Well, I right. And, and I, I mean, I fortunately can say that I never have relapsed. Thank God. Yeah. But I had to you. Or did you get sober and then just stay sober? I haven't. No. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. so, but can you, I can imagine, I think about that, like when somebody relapsed, not only, you know, oh my gosh, I can't believe I did this to myself, but all the people that, that were like so proud of them. And now they right. got to go look at them and say, man, I used again. And I can't imagine how much that has to hurt someone. So to have you say that is huge because- yeah. In the community, like you said, you know, and, and just to love them where they're at and be like you said, somebody could be 22 times and that 23rd time they would be out there changing the world because they finally, right, you know, gave it over and they're going to yeah. live that life again.
1: Yeah, I'd always get cars like, uh, I mean, now I don't work at detox, but when I have worked at like those uh, environments, you get the mom's car, that would be like the saddest shit. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, And I know that I know this sun's not coming in. I just know it's not going to happen. I can just tell, you know. And luckily, you know, sometimes they call I'm like, Jake, you tell my mom I'm going to come. I'm like, I'm not going to call your mom until you like get in here. Right. Yeah. Right.
0: Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I'm not going to call her and then her be like, Jacob, you told me he was coming. And you're like, ah, I have no control. Yeah, we'll, we'll,
1: we'll wait with that phone You're still there. Right. So, right. Yeah. I. You know, I don't know. Uh, it hurts to me. Like I always have a, if I'm running in groups, you know, always talk about, uh, you know, it's like you feel, you know, you feel like shit and then you know, you know, they say they walk away arms, but you gotta walk in front of everybody to get this shit mm-hmm. and everybody talks shit on because, you, you know, they've been in the halfway house two mm-hmm. weeks longer than you. You know, it's just it's just uh ironic to me, you know, that you have somebody with some you know, new balance shoes blown out, wranglers with a shoestring, divorced seven times, drinking coffee telling you, you know, how to fix your marriage right. and shit. You know, so it's right. like I tell my paint, don't even Yeah. Know, you know, you gotta be careful. And I think that comes into like as you mentioned, relapse, not say, you know, but having a uh, a love for yourself, mm-hmm. that like no matter what happens, that's not even an option. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, so and, and has it hasn't like been easy. So I know you, you know, you're in recovery. Uh, life I tell my people all the time, you know, life will get worse before it gets better because mm-hmm. you gotta get your shit together, you know, your awards here, <laughs> you know, you got court fights here, uh, you know, baby he's all the money. Yeah, you know, we got to solve. right, right? You got to do it sober, and it sucks,
0: yeah, it does because yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is you have to do it sober, and you can't. Um, and this is going to lead right into I, this is perfect timing for this because you have to do it sober, so you have to learn a whole new mindset, mm. you have to learn to live a whole different life, and not just use it as an excuse, like oh crap, this just happened to me, I'm gonna go back out and use again, or drink again, or smoke again, or whatever it is that you're doing, right? Yeah. And you just had. You're married and have two kids and one on the way, correct? Yeah, correct, correct? So excited. I just saw that post the other day. I was like, yeah. oh, yes. But you just went through a lot in the last. I don't know when the whole cancer started with you. yeah. But if you could like maybe touch on that for everybody, just for me, this was watching your journey and watching you go through the surgeries and the. if you'll explain all that you mm-hmm. had and just to know that you stayed strong. You didn't say, well, I have cancer. I'm just going to go back out and use again. Instead, yeah. you, you know, you, you're solid and you made, you made a great comeback. And just, I'm just like in awe of your hope story with that.
1: Yeah. 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 And I think, uh, you know, I guess I do I have the right sound to say, you know, people in the Dixon community always say, or maybe like anti-Dixon recovery always be like, well, it's not cancer. You have a choice. It's like with well, the disease is a thinking pattern, mm-hmm. uh, uh, one, two. Think about this. When somebody comes into the hospital, uh, they could have their day up, legs chopped off, diabetes. Uh, and I've seen it, you know, hand a, a Big Mac to them in the thing, and we don't treat them at all bad, you know. Mm-hmm. Let an addict come in overdose. I've seen this, nurses, you know, kill them. Next time, take more, you know, fuck them, get them out of here, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was my effort, sorry. And then, okay. uh, I was like, man, you know, uh, why is it like that, you know? So that being said, it's like, man, I could compare uh, having addiction and, you know, uh, as you mentioned, having cancer. So, uh, you know, I didn't choose to have a cancer, uh, you know, going through my recovery, I definitely had uh, trials and tribulations before this, you know, deaths, uh, lost my best friend at Jimbo to a drug overdose pretty quick and recovery that kind of, uh, you know, lost my Nana. That was like, you know, uh, I look up the person that most influenced me raising up, uh, uh, you know, strong woman, you know, she grew up with a, A father that was abusive, would take guns and try to shoot at his kid, like just crazy, abusive. Mm -hmm. I think mental health stuff. So get into uh, this for about a year uh, when when we started this business, uh, my nose would like leak. So let's say, and we started wearing masks around that time. So I'm leaking, uh, like allergies. So everybody's like, it's allergies. So going back on this, so I go see Toledo doctors. They said you have this weird thing where uh, nose damage has occurred and it caused a nasal polyp, which is like a ball in my nose. So like, this is kind of weird, you know, no doctor. So I've gone through many, many doctors for like months. So I lived with it for like over a year before we found out what was going on. I couldn't breathe out my nose. Uh, and I just thought it was a sinus. Like I never put two or two together. There was something up there. Uh, you know, I went to this place here. I won't name locally. Uh, I, yeah, they were like, "Yeah, we're gonna ready to do surgery on you." And one of the nurses, you know, we had there was two pictures on the wall, X-ray pictures. So I'm going through all these CT scans. I already know I have a mask or something They think it's a nasal polyp, uh, which is still kind of rare how it happened. Uh, I go to the, uh, I go to I go up there. They have two pictures of my mass from like November to December. The lady, the nurse, like clenched like. Uh, uh, she's like, oh, something's uh, something Something's wrong, you know And I'm a social worker I'm trained in, like, human behavior and stuff, So I'm trying right. to not overthink it, Right, I'm trying to be calm She's like, oh, it could be cancer And at that time, I was like, that's weird yeah. Right, I right. didn't put two or two uh, together So at the time, they were saying Okay, you need to consult with Cle- We need to consult with Cleveland Clinic doctors And, you know, when you start bringing Cleveland Clinic You know, it's kind of serious So my wife, you know, she couldn't come to appointments So she's kind of like not angry at me, but she's frustrated at them because they're not giving any answers. And I'm getting worse. So I can't eat. So remind you, you know, I remember like going to church and people were yelling. Not yelling, that's that's extreme. People were like, Jake, you lost a lot of weight. You look, you know, you're you know, you're losing too much weight. Now I was like, oh, wow, you know. So I'm thinking my head great now. I think I'm doing drugs right. or something at church or something, you know. So, you know, and they, of course they would never think like it, but you know, our self-esteem. So uh, I lost eighty pounds. Wow! Yeah, so yeah, so it was weird because I started this. I had this uh, job. Uh, I ran an overdose response team. I worked for overdose. I worked. F- I worked with EMT and all that stuff to get uh, people that overdosed into the hospital. Okay. They have no insurance. We got them straight up to detox. Okay. So we were very successful at the numbers of that. But that's not the point. Point is when I got there, I started eating like real healthy. My diet. My doctors changed my diets and stuff. Uh, and I was losing weight, but that's something like this ain't normal. Like I'm losing a lot of ways. Right. Like, uh, so we get down to, uh, you know, uh, to the last point, We, my wife get a little argument. I start fighting the best doctor. So going back on the dyslexia thing, I, uh, did not know how to spell, uh, like the ENT doctor, rhinologist, and or any of them things. I misspelled and found a cancer doctor uh in this office actually, uh named Dr. Sawani So I booked this appointment. Uh you know, things are getting real frustrating, you know. And you, know, you know, I never told this story before, but when I got down there, I get a huge fight with the lady there. So uh <laughs> I just I just left all my jobs and canceled all my insurances too. So oh. so this is fucking November, December, I find out I have cancer. So oh. Everything's like, like up in the air. It's kind of a weird time. This business is just starting. Uh, we're doing well, but it's just like, you know, I got to go to Cleveland. So I go to Cleveland. I have like a mental breakdown. there. I was lost out on this girl because she was wrong. We still, you know, we still be beefing now when I go up there. But uh, she, she like told me I'd never be able to get treatment. So I thought like, I'm gonna die. Like right. that's the feeling. So I die and I panic. I remember, you know, I just like, like crying. Like I was in the hallway at Cleveland Clinic and like just people stepping over me because I'm a man, you know, what I mean, was, but, uh you know, and I got it was like really bad. So I had to get myself together. I had to pay money for the appointment. But ever since I got there, you know, uh, they they uh, were geniuses. Like uh I snuck a picture that same day of the thing that that place never even sent any documents. Oh. Yeah. So. So god i took a snap of this picture he's like i would love to take your you know he's like i love to take your money but i can't even make an accurate decision without he just wrote the doctor just wrote his opinion on reading like a ct scan oh which didn't mean because they right yeah because they were wrong the whole time oh even the doctor i was getting real sick at the end like losing potassium like going to er even that doctor like no you don't need to go just sleep it off like he was trying to be killed and uh uh as soon as I got to Cleveland Clinic, he was like, it's either a brain tumor, a mass, or cancer. And you know, I was like, wow. You know, that kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, those are three great options, not.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, we're going to. So the best thing could have been with like non-cancerous mass. Mm-hmm. So it'll be the best scenario. Uh, every time I was up there, it was always like, here's the best scenario. And then here's the worst one. And every time I got the worst one. Wow. Like every time it was the worst one. So so as Dr. Sawadi, you, you know, he's like, uh. I said, like, he's like, if it's testing a brain, you know, but he was just so calm. He's like, hey, Jacob, my uh, partner, you know, is a brain surgeon. We do surgeries every week. So it's like, uh, and I would say this too, you know, a lot of these treatment centers and stuff, I'll just say this, uh, think they're like tailored to help their people the best and they're nice and there's no stigma. And I, I would disagree. You know, me working in the hospitals, they don't have that stigma like, oh, you're never going to get it, you know, that type right. of stuff, uh, which is good and bad, but it just seemed like a different level of care I see at the hospital. So as I'm going to Sawadi, you know, I got all the students coming to see me. Uh, I slowly start realizing this is kind of serious. Mm-hmm. So they won't use the word rare, you know, at beginning. So right. which I found out. So uh, that was January 4th, uh, you know, and I had to get the doctors here to sign up here so we could become a provider. So. Mm-hmm. So this is like December fourteenth around there. Yeah, I go to I go to the, uh, I go to Toledo Clinic. I remember they had my MRI. They weren't trying to add these dyes to my MRI so they could see cancers. Oh. Yeah. So they were trying to do a surgery before I had a biopsy. Oh. so So now I know all this great stuff. Now. But my wife's, you know, a nurse practitioner, so she's not put up with any of this. You know, so I will say that. Good. So, good. So we call them. Uh, we get the scans and stuff. They need all the tapes up at Cleveland Clinic, right? Mm-hmm. So this is January, right before, maybe for the biopsy, so they can move quick. So my friend, uh, you know, said we just had to bury his son from leukemia, is riding with oh. me. It, uh, it's his birthday, too, I oh. remember, too. He didn't even know it's his birthday. He won't even let me show the goddamn picture, because oh. he says he didn't look good enough. Oh. He's only totally a pretty boy. He has all this long hair. Yeah. He won't let me even post. It was his birthday. Oh. He's a good guy. Can't with me, because <laughs> we wrote, we had to get all, the reason why we had to do that because they're making the decisions. We had to take all these tapes, all my records. Mm-hmm. Two weeks later, they called me, like, hey, you know, we're ready to send them over. I said, I took them the next day. So, right. 21st, going to biopsy, they take a piece. That was a very, one of my painful surgeries. So, I don't know what they did because I think they messed the mask, mess, but my eye was coming out. Oh. Funny story about wine. <laughs> Holy shit. My other friend, Dawn, was like, you know, uh, you know, be careful with wine. Don't be touching. Be careful. Right. So we're on the east side going out to eat, and he touches my eye because at oh, the no. point, <laughs> right at the right, it gets worse. So at the point, he's pu- he can push. It's squishy. Oh, it's sick. And I was like, you know, wine is sick. I don't mess with this shit. If you had it, I would never do that to Right. Me. I would never touch right. it. You know? Right. And he touched it and it squished. The next day I found out, Dawes, no, like, yeah, wine had COVID.
0: Oh, no. Like,
1: oh, oh No. I was like, well, I'm good. Or, no, like, I was like, I'm, I'm good. It won't happen to me. <laughs> so we're going through the surgeries. Uh, they find out I have Crodro uh, Sarcova. And I remember this phone call, you know, vividly. Uh, it took forever. You know, Cleveland Clinic would pride themselves on like from diagnosis to this. They said only take a week. It took three weeks before I got my results back, uh-huh. which I know now because when they make this diagnosis, it has to be pretty serious. Mm-hmm. So uh, my wife's at work. She's working in the ICU with COVID. She ran the COVID. Uh, she, she did COVID the whole time during that year. So uh, her boss and all of them are waiting. You know, we're waiting for the final result. But I skipped one part of the story. This, this is how they told me I can't. It's, it's kind of a but Initially they tell you a cancer that I found out the cancer has. So go back to Toledo Clinic. I walked in, it was like a movie. They were not nice I wouldn't say they were mean, but they're not nice to me uh like this. Like they would call they would never say this. I came, they're like Mr. Spellis, which I knew was kind of weird. Uh-huh. They let my wife come in. Uh I got the MRI. Yeah, it was it was super sad, yeah. Cause my wife, you know, a nurse, uh, she's always like, if you know, if they give you a diagnosis, don't be surprised if I don't cry. I remember right. this at T. And I was like, that's kind of a cold blooded killer. Jeez. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, <laughs> okay. Right. Shit. Okay. And uh, I remember, like this day, you know, I uh, walk in, uh, all, the, all the, I don't know what their jobs but all the girls are on their computers staring mm-hmm. at me. It's never been like that. because oh. It's always moved. Right. And I could tell, like when I walked in, as soon as yeah. they walked, the doctor walked in right away. And I remember, uh, yeah, so he said, I had cancer. Uh, you know, and I got up. And you know, I try to fight. You know, my wife was crying, you mm-hmm. know, got lost. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, all, like, uh, I was like shit. Right. And my mom's blowing my phone up. Right. Because you know, <laughs> you know, I was like, I want to talk to you. No, everybody called me too. So that's the bad part too. So every appointment, everybody's aware. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a good part. Everybody's connected. But then it's bad because as like, soon as I get out, you know, right. 10 missed calls, I got to tell the story over and over. So I'm right. like, freaking out. First thought I get going back to like the addiction thing was, uh, I'm gonna get a pack of cigarettes because I quit cigarettes. Uh-huh. And I was like, that'd be stupid, Jake. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, what's that? I was like, right. oh, you know, you know what's going on. Yeah. Uh-huh. So at that time, they said that my cancer uh, uh, went from here to here. Oh in my lip noise. And the bad thing about this cancer is that uh, turns into a, like an untreatable lung cancer, like okay. a different lung cancer that's on your bones and lungs. Which, okay. okay. So the problem with my cancer is chemo and radiation can't kill it. So you're like, that don't make no sense. So it's just because radiation, they kill fast cancers. Okay. This is slow. Oh, okay. So slow it can take me. So go back to Dr. Sawadi, you know, I bring my wife in, uh, no, she's at work. I get the car and I remember my kids are trying to play outside. It's like negative 10 degrees out. And I'm like, whatever. Put them all and stuff. Mm-hmm. The dogs are like hanging out the door. Phone call comes. They went. I was like, "Oh shit!" It's a private call. They kept. They called me like six times. I kept ignoring it because I thought it was a patient mm-hmm. uh, uh-huh. at the time. That was like, or some somebody up. Something that it, somebody kept calling me and calling me just being weird. So I pick up the phone. like, "Hey!" And as soon as I call my wife, she picks up. I'm on the stairs, like at my kids. You know, they give me. They're like, "Yeah, it'd be Uh There's less than 100 cases a year, so. I was like, well, doctor said so, you, you know, you've done this before, you know, clinical done it before." They're like, "No, that's our first case."
0: Oh, wow. Yeah,
1: yeah. So I was like, and "My wife's kind of like when they said sarco, I didn't know what any of this shit. Mean. I see mm-hmm. her, I see her cry, so I know mm-hmm. it's bad."
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: he's like, "You know, stay with us, cry-. now." Doctor Sawadi, so, uh, God given person, okay. you know, like, uh, you know, uh, nice to my family, my mental health. <sighs> I mean. Uh,
0: God put him in your life.
1: Yeah, for, for sure, sure. Yeah, I misspelled. Right? I remember calling my mom, like <laughs> one in the morning, like, mom, good thing about dyslexia because I misspelled this. Dude. He's the direct, he's actually, he runs the Head and neck Cancer Institute. Wow. Yeah, the co-director. So. so there's
0: your dyslexia. Thank God for it, so right? Going back
1: to, yeah, yeah, it's a strength for now. <laughs> right. Know? So, you know, I always try to, I, I screenshot, because when I looked up and what I found is like oncologist, am I say that right? Uh-huh. Doctor, yeah, uh-huh. I, I would have never spelled that word. Everybody mm-hmm. knows me, knows I can't spell that word. So I actually followed him, his department, and he was like the guy.
0: Mm-hmm. I like got 140
1: doctors. He's the guy. Wow. wow. <laughs> so uh we get into there. You know it's we're going to Cleveland clear, clear like once or twice a week, so it's kind of like draining. When we get up there, it's like business, you know, it's like uh, you know, everybody's serious. I never felt like they, they took care of everything, I never felt uh, like they're just so smart, you know, like okay. confidence, like competency equals confidence, you know, so it's like they knew everything, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, normally my wife is. Not let any shit she, you know, uh she's listening, you know? Right, right. So, you know, he sits down with us, tells us, you know, talk to his calm, you know, 45 minute sessions, hours with them every time, mm-hmm. you know, with every all their staff. So starts to more more serious. I'm on the tumor board. Uh yeah, tumor board, uh with uh Harvard, Mayo Clinic, Florida Cleveland Clinic. Somewhere in California, some other place in Florida, are all on my case. i wow. Florida, yeah. So I have doctors all over the country. I mean, I mean, like thirty doctors, you know, and they do these tumor boards, uh, normally. But they brought on a lot of cases because it's complex. So the reason why Harvard was involved is there they had some guy back in the day was like the leader in this cancer. Okay. Well. Uh, you know, so they, you know, I'm glad. So they got that. Uh, and then we have Beaumont hospital as well. So they were no, so, uh, the, before I went to surgery, so (laughs) before I went to surgery, uh, you know, and go through this whole time. Yeah. I'm glad you met that. You know, I, I have been pretty optimistic actually this whole time, realistically, not just on social media. Uh, you know, there's obviously going to be depressed some days, obviously some days you get angry, you know, but I always, uh, you know, when I had to sit down with my kids uh, and tell them my family, that was hard. Like, I had to organize my whole family mm-hmm. that day. I told them that day. And uh, yeah, I told my kids, like, when I go blame, first thing I said, when I go blame God, uh, <laughs> you know, we're going to fight. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that made it worse. My daughter was like, I'm fumbling words, trying not to tell her I have it. Right. She's like, just tell me what it is. This <laughs> she even says, you have cancer. And I was like, nah, and I couldn't right. tell, you know. Right. So that was like, uh, it's a weird experience i would say like you know when you tell your recovery story uh in the beginning it might be a little shameful uh but you, you know but when you tell like your cancer story like it it uh it affects everybody like your loved ones like mm-hmm. like they die like they feel that that's how i felt like every time i told that uh i feel like they struggle our struggles is mm-hmm. different yeah you
0: probably could see their pain in them you know like the I mean, we see the pain and addiction with our family, too. But I feel like just because of the word, right, too, mm-hmm. you know, we've been hearing that. And, and we don't hear a lot of good outcomes always, right? Because no, nobody's I'm, out there sharing their story of hope like you are right now.
1: Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, it is. Uh, it was a weird time with COVID, too. I mean, none of that's ever really applied up there because it's, like, so, so severe. But I will say one of the saddest uh Things is like walking through, and I'm sure they look at me the same way too. Because you walk through the cancer thing, you see sick people here, mm-hmm. ball, and you see uh, children like holding machines mm-hmm. and shit, you know. Yeah, have, yeah, oh, you know, it's just like uh, you got people come all over the country, you know. So it's like uh, y'all, like it. I mean, I still gotta go there for a long, long time, mm-hmm. but uh, so go back to surgery. Uh, so I don't know if you know your doctors tell you this, but uh, you know, <laughs> they said we need a miracle surgery. <sighs> and I was like, Okay, uh why? You know, they tell you the truth. Like it's not like they hide stuff. They're like, Well, Jacob, this is gonna be a – we don't know if we we'll get out one time. So they thought it was attached to my skull already. Some other bones, it's a oh, bone cancer. Yeah, so it was, it was serious, and then this spreading. So the only good hope that I got was right. I was with uh, my friend Zach, and he takes me to uh, like some trailer. I mean, at the time it seemed kind of stupid, but now now it makes sense. All the cancer patients, they don't want to, you know, around people. So I'm in a trailer uh-huh. doing a. They got put radiation in me. And I remember, uh, do a PET scan. Mm-hmm. So the PET scan, I was nervous. So another thing about this bone cancer is that it shows up, uh, in bones and children. You see, it, it's a weird, they show the bones, they have to cut their, they have to cut their oh. legs off. Oh, that's how oh, serious geez. it is. So it's number one, at St. Jude's. So I've had like a bump in my knee for a long time. Oh. And I remember thinking like, I went to a doctor for that, had to do yoga. I'm thinking like, oh shit, it's in my knee, my mm-hmm. lungs, like I'm panicking, uh, and I get the test, and they get I get the test like while I'm eating, and I read it, and uh, it has not spread past my lungs. So that was okay. the goal. So right. they said if it's past my lungs, uh, yeah, right. I'm in trouble. So uh, and they they kind of called the bluff on this that some of the doctors. So I had to be, I had three surgeons: Doctor Lamar who cut my neck, Doctor Sawadi, Doctor Pena, the brain surgeon. Okay. So I had, <laughs> I had three surgeons there the whole time, and it was like. 10 physicians, you know, before we get in there, they're warning. They're not warning me, but they tell you everything they could go wrong. So I had a 90% chance and I have a vision here because uh, it was so wrapped up with all the nerves mm-hmm. and uh, stuff like Did that.
0: Did you say 90% chance? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Wow. It might've been 85. Yeah. you well,
0: know, I, But it's, you know, it's up there. Okay. It's, yeah, yeah. it's over no, 75. So it's up
1: there. <laughs> I just played. Right. I I think I dial, sometimes I dial play it sometimes, but yeah. you know, it's like nerve wrecking. So I was supposed to have numbness in my face too. That was another 90% chance. Uh-huh. I would have numbness forever, like nerve damage in my face. Uh, uh they were going to cut here. If this was cancer, they were going to move the lymph nodes, you know, take them out. They had to test them. So they had a pathologist that was there okay. the whole time during the surgery. So this is a 10 hour surgery. Uh, you know, I was supposed to have nerve damage, walk damage. Uh, I was already having like, uh, like sinus problems, okay. like so bad. Like I had like the worst sinus problems no. for like over a year, you know, I just did it all, you know, now that I can breathe, uh, they said I could lose my smell, which I did. I completely, I have 100% have no smell.
0: Oh, you don't? At
1: all. Yeah, radiation kind of messed it up. But mm-hmm. I'll explain. So, so surgery goes good. You know, we have a whole family down there. Uh, you know, February 25th the surgery. I get, I have to get COVID tests, I think, Sunday. Monday, I go in another procedure. They had to uh, go through my leg, cut the blood off to the tumor. Oh. So they came up with this at the last second. So... All right, you know, so right. what do you guys say? <laughs> they're like, <laughs> they're like, they're not thinking any of this will work, really. Okay. So I'm thinking, like, all right, so I get the procedure done. It's like three hour, only a three hour surgery. This is weird, like being in the rooms with, like, you know, you wonder why healthcare costs so much, you know. Right. And, and then you think, like, then you go in these a million dollar rooms with right. like robots and shit, you know. Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember the doctors were they were always so nice. They wore my blankets. Yeah. Uh, going back to mental health, I do have uh, PTSD. And for some reason, I don't know, shit's going out of Sometimes, like, when shit's going good, my mental health is good, which doesn't make sense. I mean, shit's going terrible. Mental health is good sometimes. Or sometimes the opposite. This time I was having a lot of PTSD. Sure. Like, just feeling type of things. It took me 100% serious, you know. The, the way they, they, they even got me this way. That's how they put me down. Uh the whole team, it's like a team of people over here. Like, Jacob, breathe, you know, you know, your body's been going through so much. And my dog, I'm thinking of, I'm in the NFL, like, Reggie right, Bush, right. breathe, you know, air, you know, and then every so there's Jacob, good job. Blow it again, you know, and uh, I'm out. I'm like, Damn it, they did because of my PTSD. So oh, they want to go in my head. Oh, and yeah. Tell me, yeah. Yeah. So they took it very serious. Uh, you know, they would talk to me like a normal person. You know, I tell my substance abuse history because mm-hmm. I'm about to, I got to go on. Um, some kind some kind. I don't know. Whatever they gave me wasn't even working. I okay, know that. Yeah. Uh uh I, I wanna get a little fight with some doctors. They're like, you know, you're in some pain or something. I'm just yelling, like, yeah, of course I just got a damn tumor. Right. You know, and uh I think they held off on my uh whatever medication they gave me. So I go <laughs> I go I go to surgery uh early morning, they're on time, I feel like for the first time ever. All the doctors come. There's all these students too, so it's kinda like uh, cool to them, I guess, in a medical sense. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure. you never seen it. Right. Yeah, yeah. even when I was at ProMedica ER a couple times, I, the doctors would come and look, and they're kind of excited. Just weirdos, you know. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I get the surgery. Dr. Sawadi's is the head surgeon. Uh, uh, you know, I have all these complications. They don't know if it's going to come out. On top of that, the, uh, the plan is to take a piece of this skull out, drain my brain fluid does that even make sense no i still don't get that drain the brain fluid take muscle up here patch it again oh because the cancer okay. is going to be right oh. there and once it there, it'll spread okay. so it would have been done if it's on my skull uh-huh so uh that all the images were wrong so oh. so what it was is like uh like let's say this is my skull it was like waving like this and it was okay. catching it on it like oh. that so uh you know i say god and all the prayers sure uh, you know it uh uh, you know, it was a miracle. You know, my wife came out. The doctor called. She just heard like emergency, uh, like surgery thing, uh-huh. and she had to come. And uh, you know, it was COVID. You know, real bad still now. And uh, you know, the doctor just you know said it was a success. Hugged her, and uh, you know, I came out. So it was supposed to be a ten-hour surgery. It was a seven-hour surgery. They so they oh they're supposed to cut my whole face here,
0: uh-huh.
1: here, take the tumor out because okay. it was the size of a grapefruit. Did you guys hear
0: that? Yeah. The, the size of a grapefruit. I got
1: documentation, you know, that I was playing. You know, I can't, I mean, fake.
0: how does that even happen?
1: Yeah. Well, the, the January twenty first, the biopsy, they didn't think it was that big, but when they went in there, they're like, oh, so it's, big. Wow. it's a grapefruit. Like, that don't make sense. I guess the grapefruit is the worst fruit diagnosed thing. You know? Yeah, <laughs> <know>. right, right. <laughs> well, in your watermelon. face. Yeah. Well, yeah,
0: I don't think a watermelon definitely yeah. can fit there, but I mean, a grapefruit in there, geez.
1: Yeah. So it was... Uh, you know, very painful. So I got the surgery kind of, uh, the first surgery I got out, like after all the surgeries, of this success. I had people down at Cleveland, we had hotels. Uh, this is real sad too. Uh, I didn't even share this. So, uh, um uh, my wife was pregnant at this time too. We just found out she was pregnant. And, uh, you know, I woke up, and I had to do like, uh, my big brother was there. And I was just talking about, I had a new baby coming. Mm-hmm. And, uh, my first appointment out after the surgery, we finally we had a miscarriage, oh. and it was uh, yeah, it broke me out all the stuff. Yeah, side, you
0: know? yeah, yeah. I appreciate you doing this, honestly. Yeah, I mean, it was Yeah, hard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's really hard.
1: You know, we got out, and uh, yeah, I felt lost. Like I felt yeah. like, you get, like I got a little bitter. You know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know that I had, I had uh, all my nerves were healing, I guess, and they thought. Which, I mean, they're way smarter than, you know, my Googler, but the 14th uh, nerve, verse 15, somewhere to end, uh, when you bust that nerve, you can have, they call it like the suicidal disease. Oh. You can look it up because it's so oh. painful. So I started having my nerves in here. And I was going to, I never had, uh, like, I don't know, I wasn't like, I was doing good. I had no pain. I didn't think about pain medication. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm thinking like a goddamn, you know, recovery person. like Right. I don't need that. You know, it took a tumor on my face. Uh, you know, and I had the worst pain. of driving to Cleveland like, oh. ah, you know, it wasn't until they found out it was nerve pain. Uh, but luckily they were just healing, you know. Good. So Thank like, God. Yeah, at that point, I was like, come on, quit playing with me now. This right, is, I've been, right. I've been very,
0: right.
1: I can't have this one. This one I've been I'm loving now.
0: you this whole time. This is enough, care. right?
1: Yeah. They kept saying, no, it wasn't that. So, you know, surgery was in February, you know, like eight months. I still have, like, it's numb. Uh-huh. I couldn't shave for a long time comfortably, uh, which is like, it's normal. I'm sure they just like, you know, we saved your life. So it would be normal. But, uh, you know, we were just going through a lot of series of, uh, you know events, you know. So anytime, you know, it was, it was a blessing that uh, same thing. Again, we get on tour board. So with my cancer, the only thing they could treat the uh, since it was called proton radiation. Okay. Uh, which I'm uh, I'm young enough where I can do this. So they only use it like I they've been using it now for colon cancer. They've been pretty successful with seeing. So it's like I'm just blessed. So there's only two places in the world that could treat my cancer: Harvard. Beaumont, Michigan, because of wow. the machines. Yeah. So that's 90 minutes away. So we're talking on that. Well, I get news one day that Harvard said no radiation. So I'm losing my mind because they're like, it's such a perfect surgery. Uh, uh, yeah, it's such a perfect surgery that we don't need radiation. So I hear that. I'm like, oh, sweet. Right. But well, that's not what the whole thing said. There was nine teams on there. Oh. Harvard did say no, but they wanted me to come do like pet scans every two months and stuff so cleveland clinic was calling their bluff and saying uh, i had dr woody who's my cancer doctor just a wonderful man too i got his you know cell phone number and uh you know he was just like uh you know the people that harvard trained said no you know because already they already acted like it's going to go to your lungs so Mm.
0: uh
1: let's not do that so right we had a party and then, you know, Dr. Chad called me out of Bobot Hospital, my family. It was like 11 on a Saturday. You know, he, he kept calling us at 11 at night, uh, trying to grab all of our attention. So, you know, it's kind of, you had to do 37 treatments of the most intense radiation you can get wow. 7,000 levels, you know. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I had, I had friends here that were uh, like, dude, you can't even get past five, right? I go to the doctor. They're like, it's seven thousand these are smartest people. You can't even Right, right. You know, you bring them a conspiracy theory. They're like, well no, it's just energy over this. And you're like, what the hell? I, right. even, I got kicked out of biology. <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. I never took chemistry.
0: You no know, my friend said five on. and right. you said
1: it's seven thousand. So right. I remember my brother was there and it was like, you know, my bro- my little brother was uh, you know, amazing. You know, I will go back to that too. Like everybody's support uh was uh no, I don't know, This was uh you, like I felt rich, mm-hmm. like uh, like not money wise, but just like wealthy, I guess in a like like uh, every support. But I didn't have to make mm-hmm. dinners for two months. You know, I had like little donations here and there so I could take my family. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, great, I had decent health insurance where I was maxed out at like 8,000 for millions of dollars with the surgery. So, uh, you know, I really get to see that my mom for the first time. You know, maybe, maybe not, but I think she got to see, like, my career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it's like, uh, this feels kind of private. You know, you deal with people's private issues. So, it's right. not like, hey, I got this dude. <laughs> you know. Right. It's not like that. So, it's like, you know, people that I reach out to my mom, uh, you know, and me, it was kind of like just, uh over it just saying good stuff. It wasn't like that. It was just crazy, like, bringing up what I did. You know, it was just like, uh, uh, it, you know, the best of, best things in life are things. Right. You know? Right. Right. And uh, some people are so broke, all they have is money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, you know, that the recovery. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I felt uh, better than ever, you know, supported prayer groups all over, uh, you know, down in Cleveland. Like I couldn't complain. Like I feel like I'm here for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, most people don't be this. I had 11 percent chance to live uh, and I have an 89 percent chance of coming back
0: yes yeah so yeah. it's vicious
1: there's no research oh. on this it's, it's an older coming cancer. back
0: i got what you're saying yeah oh, okay
1: yeah probably before surgery yeah. yeah 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 like if it wasn't done properly i, I don't think that No, nah, i don't think like that at all
0: no
1: uh it's scary mm-hmm. uh, like i just so you know like i just uh i had all these stomach pains and the radiation people were like no it's not radiation uh I like, this helps. So I keep going, I back, went back to Michigan. They said, I might have a stress ulcer, you know. Uh-huh. So now I go there, you know, they're asking me about colon cancer and, shit. and I was like so nervous, you know. So it's like you got to calm yourself down, you know, because uh, you got to see the strengths, you know, once uh-huh. you go through. It. I'm not saying minimizing recovery, like if you've been through sexual abuse or physical abuse or whatever, don't uh, – minimize it and stuff, you know, you got to dress and stuff like that. But, you know, some of the stuff we do, you know, I, I, you know, it makes me so angry. It's like recovery. People are the smartest people. Mm-hmm. You know, you go to every time I was incarcerated, you know, it's like I've, I've seen the best dancers. I've seen the best singers. i seen the best mm-hmm. athletes, uh, uh, tattoo, you know, artists, I, uh, I was just going
0: to say the artist part. I've definitely seen that.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's amazing, you know, Mm -hmm. to me. like, you know, some people are businessmen. It's just like, you know, we just give ourselves away to the Mm -hmm. system. We just give ourselves away to these drugs, Mm -hmm. you know, all they do is take, you know. Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah. So this has been awesome. Yeah. Um, It's just great to hear your story. And like I said, you're due again in February, right? With the new baby. That's exciting. Yeah. I bet the kids are excited. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Every day. Yeah. And your wife feeling uh, good. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did you say the baby's kicking?
1: Yeah, yeah, so kicking two days ago. Do you know yeah. who you're having? I think it's, a girl. You think it's uh, a girl. We find out next Thursday. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, that's the best
0: feeling when they're kicking like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. My wife felt really good. So, good. Yeah, good.
0: We're really we're yeah, really happy. Yeah, so I'm just blessed that you said yes to me to to do this. Oh, yeah, I know absolutely. I I've messaged him a few times like, hey, I do this podcast and I'd love to I have you it on, on here. I know you didn't. I listen, yeah, I I've been watching, <laughs> believe me, I've been praying for you. Yeah, I'm dude. like, I don't even know this guy. I just was <laughs> yeah. watching you going, Oh my goodness, I'm just gonna keep praying for him. Yeah. And just to watch everything happen, like miraculously, really. Yeah. When you when you talk about it and stuff, just like the doctor and all of that. And so, like, if anybody okay, anybody on here right here is probably the biggest story of hope, honestly, that I've really done. I mean, I i definitely I'm not dismissing any of these yeah, stories, yeah. but just to know the struggles that you've been through. Right. <laughs> and the strength that you have to to sit here. And I think that was one of the biggest things that caught my attention was when I see somebody that's in recovery and they go through a huge struggle, mm. huge. I mean, not just one. I mean, with, with the miscarriage, everything. Yeah. And then you can still be here today running a business, helping people, you know? Insane.
1: Yeah. Sometimes my, yeah, my counselor told me that one time. She was just like, you know, she got uh, she caught me, me off guard. So recovery people are going to like this, right? So it's like we, we we help people. We get lost in helping other people. Mm-hmm. It's like a drug. And then, uh, you know, she kind of broke it down to me like that, you know? And it's like every time I have a vacation, I get sad. Every time I have this, I get sad. So I would always continue. I'm a big advocate. Uh, you know, I still get counseling across the street uh, mm-hmm. once a week. I still see a psych doctor if I need to. I still see uh a medical staff. I have support set. So uh, it's not easy. You know, being honest, I live with uh, bipolar disorder, too uh PTSD, uh uh adult ADHD, you know. Uh these are really hard, you know. Right. And, and, and early recovery, I denied it. I said, yeah, just do. But then it would really start impacting my life at PCP. It's like, okay, I need some more uh ways. It was hard. Uh-huh. You know, so since a I man dealing with all this stuff, you know, so it's weird. Yeah, I had mental health flare ups at the worst time. And, you know, it, it's a lot like a recovery beautiful thing. Uh you know, you just keep going. Yeah. Yeah, I love that
0: you said about the counseling. And here's my my thing on that. I just was talking to a friend the other day and she's on antidepressant. And I was like, did they have you go to a counselor too? Well, no, they just gave me the medicine. And I'm like, oh, you need counseling. You really need to talk to somebody. And I think especially with men. I will say that. And it's that ego. I mean, we all have our ego. Right. But especially, unfortunately, men have been groomed that way, really. Like that's their truth. That's the way that you're supposed to be. You don't go see a counselor. You don't talk to anybody about it. Right. But to hear that and to have you say that, I think is huge for everybody out here. You know, it's just it's life and it's our way of dealing with it. You know, and we have to you have to get it out there somewhere. Right. You can't just keep it all inside. And what you deal with, like all those things, so many people deal with. but there's either their ego or they're ashamed and they won't Ooh. go get the help. And I think that just hearing your story is going to help so many people. I really, I can't oh, wait for you. this. We're going to get this up here today yeah. and I'm excited about it. And I'll send you the links and we can share it. Is there anything you want to say to anybody? Like you can plug your place here too, if you want. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, you
1: know, my message is be you know, uh I don't know, you know, for the, for the professionals, you know, we got to do better, you know, yeah. you know, for the people going through addiction, uh, you know, when you're ready, you're ready. Uh, but let's, you know, let's start early, you know, loving ourselves, you know, let's start early setting the trend. It's hard to be the sober kid. I never expect, you know, I understand, you know, we always get these people, uh, you know, I would also like to mention one the documentary, uh, uh, on Amazon, you know, and Chasing Hope is a free documentary that you get. It's in almost 50 states, I believe, uh, and 50,000 viewers in schools. It comes with Thing. So there's a lot of resources I would recommend. Uh, then, lastly, I am the owner of uh, Revitalized Behavioral Healthcare uh, here at Toledo, Ohio, five five seven seven Airport Highway. Uh, you know, if you just got any questions about help or you need some resources, call. Give us a call. We do everything in outpatient, from partial hospitalization, uh, medical uh, counseling. When I want it, just we're tailored here for you. So. Thank you so much. Uh, It's been a pleasure, Tammy.
0: Thank you so much. Can I get a hug? Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah,
1: no problem. Yeah, let me give you a...